Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where every single week, me and a couple buddies of mine sit down and talk about all sorts of stuff, a lot of health, a good amount of humanities, a little bit of history, and a little bit of hunting. Every single week, we get together. This is me, your host, one of the hosts, guy who keeps his appointments on time sparkling water drinker jared bradford sits down with a really good guy thanks Corey yeah. mueller hey guy with bald head yep you judged right now what's going on no I feel great i good. do have a bald head and i'm pr- fucking proud of it Shout out to my mom, Nancy, for rolling me around as a baby so I had a nice round head. <laughs> so I got a good looking dome. You got a good head for a bald head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a good face for radio too. There yeah, I do have a I have a great <laughs> face for radio. There some people have weird shaped heads, dude. Like you see a, a guy yeah. walking around with a bald head and it's like flat on this side and flat on the back and whatever. It's like, man, he should have mm-hmm. been rolled around more as a baby. Yeah. yeah. Mom let him down. Well, uh, right. what's for dinner tonight? What's for dinner tonight? We made uh, green chili chicken and rice. What? I haven't eaten yet. That? Oh, green. I've been on the, like... yeah, like green chilies, chicken, mm-hmm. black beans, corn, mm-hmm. uh, chopped tomatoes, and onion, mm-hmm. and the Instant Pot over rice, and... I haven't eaten yet because I was on the phone with uh, switching our phone service for quite a while. Switch to Mint Mobile, baby, off of Bones' recommendation. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It's the Mint Nation, homie. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just run off of AT&T's, not AT&T, or T-Mobile. T-Mobile. They run off of T-Mobile's yeah. lights, so it's like, you're getting the same shit, just be cheaper. Yeah, and I think AT&T actually owns T-Mobile, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're all the same it's thing. All, it's all the same. Like, literally, it's all the same. If Tesla would have been able to live his dream we would have all had free everything mm. internet mm. electricity Nikola wireless Tesla. phone it would have all been it all would have all been here well you can go listen to our episode about that if you'd like a hundred and something is tesla's episode yeah okay yeah, well um, it's great to see you it, yeah good yeah to see you. great to hear from you um so we're gonna jump into today's episode and it's a fucking doozy Woo. let me tell you you have no idea what's coming to you we're gonna talk about a little bit of history and uh it's you you ready yeah i'm ready dude i love history episodes all right so i usually kick this thing these off with like uh just throwing us back to the date um that's what i'm gonna do and uh this date is sometime shortly after the death of jesus christ oh god we're going way back yeah we're going ad we're going just after death a man known as pliny the elder a naturalist wrote about the love and use of cabbage in his region that is known today as Sicily. So we're in the Mediterranean. And these people loved cabbage. And they would harvest the shit out of it all day, every day. You do? Yeah. What's your favorite cabbage? I like a mixture of red 
and green cabbage. And then, actually, I prefer sauerkraut over just raw cabbage most of the time. Yeah. Mm. Freedom cabbage, you mean? I think that's what you meant. Yes, sir. You know, uh, they used to call sauerkraut freedom cabbage in World War II to yeah. uh, basically just get, get rid of the German influence. Yeah, that's why we called them the krauts, though. That was like a slang term for Germans in World War II. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally didn't realize that. Um, all right, well, well, the cabbage was found in nature. The wild cabbage in their region had small buds and only flowered every other year, but they loved their cabbage because it was like a treat. But in a controlled environment, it was able to be manipulated. So ancient Romans bloomed and bloomed this cabbage until it started to morph and grow larger, tastier mm. buds. And then they threw away all the other cabbage and only used those larger, tastier buds offspring to continue the breeding process. So they're trying to grow like a tastier, bigger uh, cabbage that breeds more often and they can eat it more. So uh, generations went by, tastier buds came up, and people in that region started to seek this particular taste of cabbage with their new inventions so like they're like you know they're saying hey we want this so they kept doing this because it tasted the best and they referred to their to their new invention as broccolo calabrese <laughs> man that was really good that sounded really good pretty good right yeah dude that's i fucking pretty good that. Like, like twice i was like man i think i'm yeah. a little bit italian say it again broccolo calabrese wow god it's like i'm talking to someone from straight out of sicily or something yeah, yeah, we're That's back great. in the AD. Jesus just died, and I'm having broccolo carabreste. Uh, <laughs> or as we know it today, Corey, broccoli. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. We're, this is broccoli's origin story. <laughs> That's, yeah. I love broccoli. Um, I think most of us do. It's like the Cook staple it, vegetable it, steam it, of eat it. <laughs> yeah, raw. It is this like one of the staple vegetables in in our kitchen, right? I mean, it's like one of the main ones. Um, so it it was it was bred to make a more palatable vegetable for humans. So it's said that the Romans used to boil broccoli with spices, onions, wine, mm. and oil, and plate it oh, up with God. some creamy sauces. Uh, bon appetit. They used to eat it raw before parties, as they believed it would help soak up all the alcohol that they were about to consume. So they could drink more and be hungover less. So they thought kind of had like some magic qualities. Dude, hold on real quick, real quick. Broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable. Also known, we like to call mm -hmm. them Cretaceous vegetables because it's funny and it's a, it's a play on words. But cruciferous vegetables are basically superfoods. So cauliflower, broccoli, broccolini, all the, all the shit that falls underneath it. So the Romans, man... They knew what's up. Steam it with spices and they have various creamy sauces. Like, dude, I'm all about that. Come on, bring it, <laughs> bring it to me. Creamy, creamy sauces. I just pictured them like, first of all, how do you make a creamy sauce in like the year 200? I have no idea. Uh, don't care really too much beyond that, but good, fucking awesome for that. Yeah. It probably wasn't the year 200. This was so, a couple yeah. hundred years after. Cretaceous but. vegetables, man. They're a winner. As I was researching this too, going off what you just said, uh, Cretaceous, is that a household joke? Cretaceous? Yeah, it's, yeah. Cruciferous you, you, is you the. You and Connor giggle about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when our son is born, we'll call him Cretaceous vegetables, dinosaur vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the how we get him to eat them. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so cru- cruci- cruciferous was a play on of like Christ, because when you looked at uh, a broccoli or, or a cabbage flower or a bud, it had four like four huh. points to it. It looked like a cross. Yeah. So I guess that's where cruciferous it makes came sense. From. Yeah. Um, Crucifix, cruciferous. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Uh, so let's continue. Uh, the ancient Romans and Mediterranean people were just gobbling broccoli for generations. Uh, it's localized in this area for centuries until it was finally distilled out of Italy in 1533. Uh, this was actually in, in France. So for the first time in 1533, it was like uh, made and eaten outside of Italy in that whole area. It happened to be the French that picked it up because they had Italian chefs that worked in the kitchen at like uh, they were some sort of nobility, noble king or prince, someone up there, you know. Um, So after France, it it quickly moved to England, who named it uh, the Italian asparagus. And it wasn't really well received at first. Broccoli was because it had that sulfur odor that was Mm. given off when cooking. You know, broccoli kind of has like that weird smell. Um, even like raw, when you smell it, it's not like the most pleasant thing, but you know, it's broccoli, right? Oh yeah. So this went on. It was really just in the Mediterranean area, kind of spreading through Europe. It didn't come to America until the 1920s. Mm. Uh, it began in New York being grown in small family gardens by Italians. And then two Italian immigrants moved to San Jose, California and attempted to grow commercial broccoli. San Jose is like three hours, two and a half hours north of us. It's kind of like right by San Francisco. They received uh, pushback, these guys did, as, as racism against Italians was, was pretty present back then, and therefore broccoli was seen as a foreign vegetable that most people didn't really get along with initially. It was like this new guy coming into town. Um, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't take to it. So anyways, you know, it's the 1920s, 30s, depressions going on. Through radio spots and advertising campaigns, the minds of Americans began to turn around about broccoli. It soon became a new and exciting vegetable. <laughs> the issue with broccoli in America was its storage capabilities. It didn't store very well. So if you've ever had broccoli, even in your house today, you know you kind of got to eat it within a few days. Refrigerator helps, but especially if you leave it out, for some reason, if you forget it out, it's like kind of wilted and gross within like yeah. a day or two. Yep. And then if you even try to cook it, then it's just like bleh, mush, mush. It's not yeah. very good. It's like green mush. Yeah, it's gross. Um, so the issue in America was its storage capabilities and being able to ship it places and, and get it to tables and people's houses without it being already gross. Um, it didn't store well. It, it would. So, yeah, we talked about it, it would wilt and modal by like traditional methods, even like they would. Um, what you talked about with tempo in the podcast I was listening to earlier about gut health was uh, fermenting. So they would ferment cabbage, sauerkraut. Yep. Um, you can't really do that with broccoli. It doesn't work as well, um, at mm. least back then. So if you don't eat it within a few days, no good. That made it hard for people to get it in America. It was pretty much after World War II that refrigeration started to come on and take place. And it became more of like a household item to have a fridge and freezer and a more a much more commercial thing to every restaurant store or whatever would have a fridge and freezer um and you could freeze broccoli this meant you could ship it easier and further bringing food items to more americans plates not only broccoli but a whole bunch of other shit so now that it's accessible the real broccoli boom begins in the 1970 word gets out about how healthy and nutritious broccoli is 
Research began to back broccoli as being high in vitamin C and vitamin A. Parents began to serve their children broccoli as it was seen as the healthiest option. This was also one of the main causes that that generation stopped talking to their parents when they grew up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but um, Yeah, that is... Yeah. Yeah, I'll be here till forever. Today, 90% of the nation's broccoli is grown in California. So 90% of it in America is huh. grown right here. Well, I'm in California. Um, so it's true, too. Broccoli is full of vitamin C. A half a cup of steamed broccoli contains over 50% of your daily vitamin C needs. On top of that, the way that the vitamin C is carried in the broccoli interacts and is absorbed differently in your body versus, say, like an emergency drink. Um, that may tout like has like 500 milligrams of vitamin C or a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. After researching some of this, that source of vitamin C is completely different. It's not from like a broccoli or a natural compound. They build that shit in a lab. Your body doesn't absorb it effectively and you mostly pee it out. Is that why you think, I don't know if you know this or not, but is that why they have, there's so much artificial vitamin C in those types of things because your body just doesn't really absorb it as much, so they have to like overload it with vitamin C. Yeah, maybe that's a good question. Because people are like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna have 500 milligrams of vitamin C right now." That means like I'm never gonna get sick. It's like, yeah, I don't think it works like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I tried to look up like what um what they use to make that vitamin C, like in emergency and, and packets like that. And I remember seeing it at one point. Uh, or just like through passing of like, you know, you see stuff on Instagram, but I couldn't find it again, but it is some sort of like chemical po- compound that they derive it like some sort of acid that they turn into vitamin C and then they put that in emergency. It's super cheap, Sounds but like your body just doesn't broccoli. absorb it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it probably is like an advertising thing too. Like you put it in a big gold star, like a thousand milligrams of vitamin yeah. C and you're, yeah, you, the, the idea People think is it's healthy. healthy. Yeah, it's a health halo around it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, just eat real foods and a lot of things will take care of themselves. But it, right. let's continue. So the way it's absorbed is totally different. You mostly pee out that vitamin C uh, emergency stuff. On top of that, research uh, has shown that high doses of vitamin C during a cold or to prevent a cold only decreases cold-like symptoms 8% of the time. So if you're someone, I used to do this take like especially when covid started like taking like emergency like every night i did that for weeks yep and uh, I, I was like man i'm just gonna keep my immune system up and strong so when this thing comes along it's gonna be like no big deal and it, that doesn't it, there's no nothing that backs that up actually that it actually, actually you are. is effective <laughs> such a fucking like stupid asshole with a microphone <laughs> just kidding it's so yeah but i mean you did it too I think a lot of people do it and that's advertising. That's the power of like, you know, it, it's also f- like a fear thing where you, this is the solution, right? Emergency or vitamin C is the solution. Have a bunch of oranges, drink orange juice as we're learning. That's those things aren't as effective as what the advertising are saying. For sure. So eating broccoli or other foods containing a natural vitamin C source allow your immune system to stay strong and healthy so that when a virus comes in contact with your body, puts its tail between its legs and dies quickly. Thanks to you, sweet, sweet broccoli. So that natural vitamin C coming from broccoli is going to be absorbed into your body. Your body is actually going to recognize it and your cells will take it in and uptake it and use it what it's Mm. needed for. 
on top of that, vitamin C plays key roles in systemic recovery, healing from trauma, and regenerating of your cells. It's also high in vitamin K, which helps your blood clot when you get an injury. So let's get into some better stuff that we're going to have a little bit of open conversation here in a second. As broccoli continues to be studied, broccoli scientists continue to discover new compounds that show its worth in our diet. So one compound is called sulforaphane. What are you giggling at over there? I'm just imagining, you said broccoli scientists, I'm just imagining stalks of broccoli with lab coats on. <laughs> In a lab, you know, like they're studying their own little broccoli stalks. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is horrible, horribly inhumane, but <laughs> we have to do it for science. All right, so we're not going to... All right, what we're going to do, it's, it's unethical to do testing on live broccoli. It it's can't do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring in some kale, and we're going to test it on the kale first. <laughs> yeah, broccoli right. scientists. And he needs, to pass, he needs to pass the kale trials before it goes in live broccoli oh, trials. Oh, man. You know, someone somewhere, there's like aliens somewhere looking down on us, laughing at that same shit, because we do that. We're on our little yeah. lab coats, and we're studying our little brains. <laughs> <laughs> like the brain studying itself you know yeah <laughs> oh yeah i totally glazed over that i said broccoli scientists Good that catch. was just the first thing that popped into my head was like the big stock of broccoli <laughs> with lab coats on yeah. like in a lab yeah. <laughs> that's what's happening right um but yeah so one of these compounds that they're discovering is called sulforaphane hopefully i said that right This compound has been shown to lower blood sugar, which could aid in diabetes management and reversal. Sulforaphane has been shown to prevent cancer cells from replicating and forming in the body. I think that's the biggest one. Me and Connor have talked about this before without ever mentioning this compound, but this is what we were alluding to, Mm. um, was that sulforaphane and the way that you cook broccoli matters a lot in, in how some of these compounds and vitamins are actually either destroyed during the cooking process or preserved and are able to go into your body to be used. Let's talk about that for a second. The way that you cook broccoli matters when it comes to these compounds being put to good use in your body. Steaming broccoli is a great option. It helps release and activate the sulforaphane. So sulforaphane isn't active in raw broccoli. Steaming it Mm. for five minutes helps to activate it. Pretty cool. It's, 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 uh, it's chemistry. Those broccoli scientists doing their thing. I was just going to make a joke, but I was like, all right, continue on. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, they're doing their thing. Um, eating it raw is okay, too. It's one, probably the second best option, but steaming it for five minutes has been shown to activate that sulforaphane, which is, again, helps you know, prevent and fight the replication of cancer cells. So the ways to, to not do your broccoli, don't boil your broccoli. Don't microwave your broccoli. This gets rid of up to 90% of its nutritional value. Damn. Something that we're guilty of is we love to we love to microwave our broccoli. We used to do it in a plastic bag and I put a stop to that a while ago. And then I'm putting it I we used to put it in like a bowl yeah. and put it in the microwave because our broccoli is usually frozen so yep. it can last longer. Um yep. so put it in the microwave, you do it for like four minutes, it gets a little soft, and then you put it in a pan and it gets you can get it crispy with some oil and seasonings and stuff. Yep. That's not great either. Good taste, you're still getting the vitamin C. But some of the higher end compounds that we're talking about now get destroyed. 
Um, so the biggest ones you want to avoid, don't boil your broccoli, don't microwave your broccoli, try not to cook your broccoli to a pulp or uh, um, uh, fry it in a sense, right? Because mm, that okay. will destroy it too. The moral of this story, Corey, is that sometimes man-made things are pretty, really good. Broccoli is one of the world's most popular vegetables, especially in the Western world. It is distinct in its nutritional value, its taste, and its look. Um, it's a super cool vegetable to look at. I mean, it's like a little, it's like a little tree. Yeah, a little bonsai and there's tree. all the little trees inside of it. So every time you pull off one of the little stalks, there's a thousand more little trees right there. Yeah, if you eat the, if you look at the head of the broccoli, right, you're totally right. And you like, you take those little stems off, whatever. That's like yeah. a little broccoli. Yeah. Really cool. It's just like a little, little tree to help protect you from your stupid little immunity. Um, so, <laughs> so you should eat up, boil yeah. it or don't, sorry, don't boil it, uh, steam it and put some seasoning, salt, pepper, whatever you'd like on it and, and get her going. I find it really interesting. I had no idea that it came from like that. I mean, Without them knowing what they were doing, that was like genetic modification in ancient Rome. They genetically modified and made a new subspecies of, you know, a vegetable, which is super cool. Didn't know that it originated from cabbage, which is also really interesting. But it comes like another famous, well, one of my favorite foods that was also the combination of foods is a grapefruit. So grapefruit is not a naturally occurring, mm. is not a naturally occurring fruit. Now it is, but it wasn't. Um, it was, it's a mixture of a pomelo and what did they mix it with? Pomelo and, uh, what, I'm, I'm going to fact check myself real quick. So grapefruit is a citrus hybrid originating from Barbados, basically coming from a sweet orange and the pomelo. So a pomelo is... When you look at a pomelo and you look at a grapefruit, they look almost exactly the same, but then pomelos are more bitter. So some grapefruits are pretty sour, but then you throw that sweet orange in there, and then there, there's why the grapefruits of today are so delicious. And mm. it, it's interesting. I mean, who knows if that... And I don't even know how you do that. Like, how, how do you... Maybe you just... Har I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an ancient Roman who knew how to modify the genetics of cabbage, but it's fascinating well, to me that you can modify without scientific, like scientific, you know, broccoli scientists uh, doing their thing to to make the actual been, plant. Would have been cabbage scientists. They would have been, yeah, they would have been like cabbage scientists with a crazy <laughs> idea. We can be so much more than cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> we need to evolve. We can't we need stay to stagnant here, man. Yeah. <laughs> Release the constraints of my humanity. Yeah, it's really gotten out of hand, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess how it works, it was what drew me to this is that I heard the notion that broccoli was invented. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh, so I started looking it up. I'm like, there's got to be a history here. And I was hoping there would be like some like crazy like war over the broccoli. Mm. Like, you know, people fight over spices. I was the hoping there would be going to be a broccoli yeah. war or something like ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> well, there wasn't uh, yet, at least. Um, so basically, like how it goes, as long as you're if you're breeding and breeding, I guess, like a vegetable or a plant or something, you keep breeding. Eventually, you're going to get a mutation. So they took, they found a mutation after all this breeding and then just took that mutated one and started breeding that mutated one with like a regular one. 
until mm-hmm. more mutations came about and you get eventually you get further and further away from the original thing because you know with with i guess with life and death of cells and and whatever there are mutations yeah. and those mutations at the cellular level will result in things at the physical level yeah that's what i gather from it um as someone who's not super well versed right reading that's, about it. it makes, makes so sense, they, i don't think I, I mean if you think about humans and like uh evolution i mean this didn't happen over like yeah. a year or something it happened over decades and generations and generations that they formed what is today broccoli yeah super interesting and uh and it really hasn't been in america that long yeah on the grand scale absolutely less than 100 years it's been here and it's totally taken over if you think about a vegetable probably one of the first ones you can think of is broccoli yeah that's the first one yeah there's certain ways that we can cook it to make it a little bit better so it, it is a small detail in our nutrition and in our health but an interesting one and one that you can easily alter if you are yeah. someone who microwaves it in a bag or you know cooks it to to a pulp or whatever just i think that's pretty true with most of those on. vegetables like when you're cooking uh, any of the especially those green leafy green vegetables is the more you cook mm-hmm. it or if you microwave it or whatever it pulls a lot of those nutrients out and you don't get the benefit from them so steaming yeah. is generally the best way for most of those to or like spinach for example like just don't overcook your spinach and you'll you'll still mm-hmm. reap a lot of benefits from that so Somewhat, yeah. something I think you would find interesting. There is a there's a group that doesn't eat a lot of broccoli, and those beings are the cows at Apsy Farms in Reed City, Michigan. Those cows in Reed City, Michigan at Apsy Farms, they eat the greenest of grasses grown through regenerative agriculture processes. And let me tell you what, it shows in the meat quality and the meat taste and all the minerals and nutrients that you can gain from the delicious delicious red meats from Apsy Farms. So if you're not familiar with Apsy Farms, during this time of year, they ship pretty much all over the country. Go to apsyfarms.com, check out what they got, build yourself a meat bundle. And when you go to checkout, use code WARRIOR10 and get 10% off your first order. And I can personally vouch for the awesomeness of Apsy Farms. I hunt there, I eat the meat from there, we eat the eggs from there, it's fantastic. And if you're looking for a more local source of pasture-raised meats, because truly, that is the way, that is the way. It is the way forward. Regenerative agriculture, pasture-raising meats. Go to eatwild.org and look up a local pasture farm near you. The more people that do this, the more it's going to save our environment. You want to talk about being like environmentally friendly? Don't go vegan. Eat pasture-raised meat from a regenerative agriculture farm. That is the true way to save the environment. And that's all I have to say about that. Warrior10, apsyfarms.com. Don't wait. Do it today. Everyone in your life will thank you. All, all the cows agree this is the best way for to live. Cows would probably eat the broccoli too, but they like grass more. <laughs> they would eat the broccoli. You know, there was some fun facts, some broccoli fun facts at the end of my research that I found. And I want to hear some of that broccoli fun facts. I'm yeah. like, man, that's just super fun. Thanks for telling me those fun facts, broccoli scientists. Can you share one of them with was me? I'm, I'll, I'll share one with you. Yeah, you get one today. I'll give you one later on if you're if we're if we're feeling saucy. But uh, yeah, here's one. 
Over 30,000 broccoli plants can grow on one acre of land. That's crazy. That's a lot of broccolis. Is it broccoli? Broccolis? Is it broccoli? Broccoli. It's like deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, deers. Because you, you don't say deers. You don't say broccolis. Okay. You can't you don't say deers. Good way to get your ass kicked out of the hunting camp is call them deers. That's true. Although Tristan and I'm I like a to hunter. call deerts. We like deerts. So it's just weird enough that they're not going to kick you out. Yeah, you'll be invited back next year. Yeah. So that's my broccoli fun fact. Apsy Farms, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. I ordered for my mom over Christmas time, and I really wish I could order out here in California. So if you're in the area, Midwest, take advantage of Apsy Farms. Take advantage you, of your broccoli. Did your mom like it? Have you followed up? Yeah, we cooked the bacon when I was over for Christmas, and oh, I was like, dude, "Damn, the that's bacon's good, so good, good. bacon, man! Super, yeah. super, super good." It wasn't like it wasn't salty either. It was just like thick and crispy still. Yeah, and cooked really nice, so I loved it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Well, if you've made it this far, listening, bones, I should I should just ask you: Do you have any more to add about broccoli? Yeah. This was extremely fascinating. <laughs> no, I don't have anything. I nope. honestly Done never would have expected we would do an episode on broccoli. I'm not mad about it either because that's kind of it's interesting information. And I guarantee yeah. 90% of people listening right now had no idea about most of this information. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now you can impress like all your coworkers things. and all your friends with uh, all your broccoli knowledge. Yeah. Just fun. To you learn too about it. can you become a broccoli a scientist. <laughs> yeah. You take a girl on a date, take a guy on a date, whatever. They ordered uh, broccoli, and you now you got a whole conversation. Dude. You have to sit there awkwardly wondering oh my what God. to talk about. They're going to be so impressed with your knowledge, too, of broccoli. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to mm-hmm. get someone, you know. Real good friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to like you You want to get them lot. turned on. Uh-huh. They're going to like you You want to be like, hey, you know what I love about broccoli the most? And, and they'll be yeah. like, what? And be like, how much it makes me bloat. And <laughs> it's on after that, you know? <laughs> Did you know the Romans used to eat this before they got super drunk with creamy sauces? (laughs) So, thank you, Bones. This was extremely informative and never expected to learn all of this about broccoli. And if you guys all made it through this episode and loved it, just like I did, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, however you're listening to this, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Give us, like, one word, two words about broccoli. Because then we'll know you listen to this episode, and we would really appreciate it. It greatly helps our uh, visibility and the massive internet algorithm. And everyone says it on all the videos and all the YouTube shit and all the podcasts, but it does really help. So if you haven't done it already, go leave us a rating and a review, please, and thank you. We like meat. And broccoli. And broccoli. <laughs>